Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. 39-year-old Christopher Stokes has been jailed for 11 and a half years for a really horrific attack um, on a woman, Simone Lee, involving acid boiling water and an attempt to burn down the house that she was in. And Simone Lee survived that terrifying ordeal and she's with us here on the programme today. Simone, thank you for for joining us on the programme. Could you bring us back to May 2021, Simone, and just tell us what happened, if you can, that day? Um... Basically, he started getting very agitated because he owed mo- he maintenance money or something. Um, he just got very, very controlling and he started punching me. Um, he kept on physically punching me and punching me. Um, that and then he was he was like saying horrible things to me, saying that um nobody was going to miss me, that I was useless, that I was worthless. Um, it just, it was just, I, it was, it, he was saying so much, many horrible things to me like that. Um, at one stage he tied a black bag around my head, tried to choke me out. I went unconscious after that. Um, he got me and the other witness to drive to Charleville and kept on punching me in the car. He actually, at one stage he punched me so hard that I puked up a load of blood all over person that owned, owned the car all over the floor of the car um he made us he drove us to charleville the ma- the witness waited outside in the car for 22 minutes and drove us back to limerick and the attack just kept on going on he was he, he was a friend not your partner is that right Simone? no he was not my partner no just a friend i i thought i thought he was a friend yeah you got back to the house, to your house. Yeah. And the ordeal continued. Yeah. He put um, a fridge freezer, he covered the sitting room door, he blocked it off with like a big, huge, a big fit uh, fridge freezer. Um, he wouldn't even let me use the bathroom in my own apartment. And then just kept on hitting me hitting me, punching me now, and this guy is about six foot two, I'm only five foot one. Kept on punching me straight in the face. You must have been terrified, Simone. Terrified? Oh, I thought I was dead. To this day, I don't know how I'm alive. It continued. How long did this continue for? The whole um, ordeal lasted 14 hours. And you're back in the apartment and you can see your the door, the exit, like your your way to get out is blocked with a fridge yeah. freezer. Yeah, and the windows in my apartment at the time, they were too, they were very small. There was no, there was no way out for me, like. It it got it got worse. It it escalated even further than than that. Simone, is oh. that right? Yeah. Um. He threw ammonia acid in my face. It's like um, you know, ammonia that's in hair dye. Yeah. It's it smelled like that, and he threw that in my face three times. 
which caused my vision to go all blurry. Um, oh God, then, oh God. Um, I was after buying a red kettle in one of their Pakistan shops and he picked up the kettle and I, I was kind of semi-conscious on the couch and he threw the hot water all over my back. And I still remember the pain of that. I had to get skin grafts taken from my thigh, put onto my back. Do you, do you remember this? Like at the time, Simone, when this was happening, do you, do you remember it happening? I remember everything. Every bit of it. I still remember everything. It's just I've gone to so much counselling in that I can deal with it. Like I have post-traumatic stress disorder and everything because of this. Like when I was in hospital for the first couple of weeks, I could still, I couldn't, I haven't, I hadn't, I didn't sleep properly for almost a year. I could still hear his voice, you know, screaming at me. You're worthless. Nobody's got, nobody cares about you. You're dead anyway. Kept on saying you're dead anyway. And saying to the other witness, so she's dead. She's dead anyway. I'm going to chop her up. He said he was going to chop me up and bury me in, on the other man's land in Charleville. It lasted 14 hours and despite all of that, Simone, you, you, you managed to get out of the apartment. I, I don't know how. I, I know. When I, I went to um, treatment in Coolmine in Limerick for five months and up there I learned there's fight, flight or freeze. Mm. Now I remember um, waking up, I didn't know the time at the time, it was 10 to 4 in the morning, I hearing a fire alarm. And I was choking, like it was all smoke in my apartment. But when I kind of when I when I gained consciousness when I heard the alarm, I looked up, I could kinda of see through the big load of furniture and debris on top of me. I could see this little kind of a flame. I just threw everything off me and I ran. I didn't know until the following day he'd my whole front door and everything barricaded. I don't know how I got out. I didn't know he was passed out in my bedroom. And the apartment had been set alight. Yes. It's incredible, Simone, what you went through. I know. It's incredible. Y- you got out. You you were obviously taken to a hospital. The, the, the alarm was raised. Somebody obviously called. Yes, and um, my neighbour, he lived two doors up from me. He actually smelt the smoke from his bedroom. He lived two doors up. And when I went, when I got out the front door, he was outside. And I remember all I wanted to do was hug him because it was somebody that I knew. Yeah. And, he, and I, I told him what happened. I told him who had attacked me and he walked me out as far as the gate and he ran around fair play to him. I always call him my hero. He ran around to all the houses and knocked. And well, it felt to me now within two or three minutes, ambulance, fire brigade and the guards had come. And it was when I was in the back of the ambulance then. I was kind of looking out and I saw him being led away in handcuffs and I fainted then. You obviously spent some time in, in hospital for treatment, Simone, for the, the injuries that you received, the physical injuries and and the emotional and, and mental, you know, injuries that, that come with something like that. Um, he, he was sentenced yesterday for 11 and a half years for the yeah. for the assault, how how did you um how did you feel when you heard that sentence yesterday handed down? Ecstatic. 
yeah. over the moon. Like, I had to go up to Dublin, Joe, at the start of this trial. I had to go up to Dublin to stop him getting bail. Because I, I know he was going to finish the job. I know he was. And I remember going up there and I had to get on the stand and I just had to say how I knew him. And the judge then refused him bail and actually agreed with me that he thought as well he was going to finish the job. So when I did go up on Monday, I hadn't actually seen him in person since the attack. And when I went to Cork on yeah, on Monday and I had to sit away, I didn't want to look at him. I just didn't want to look at him, to be honest, because he was, he was looking at me and I, I couldn't. I could see my legs starting to shake. So I just sat down and I heard all the evidence being read out. Now, he still pleaded not guilty on Monday. And I was like, oh, God, I've got fight my hands here. But I wasn't giving up. There was no way I was going to stop. And then on the way back from Cork, I got a phone call on the train that his barrister said he was, he was willing to plead guilty to three charges, which saved me having to go through. The, the jury had been sworn in and the trial would have went on for three weeks. Over There was over 60 witnesses. So it saved me having to relive the ordeal over and over and over again. It must have been very traumatising. Well, I'm absolutely Amazing. drained from it all. I know. Now, I was very proud of myself. Yeah. Um, the guards asked me to, would I, would I read the victim impact statement? Because they said it would have, it would be better for the judge to hear me read it. And at the time, I was like, I was like yes, of course I will. And, but when it came to, when I heard all the evidence and the facts, sorry, when I heard all the facts, like, oh, God, how am I going to walk past him and redo this? My liaison officer um, said, are you ready? And I said, yeah, I'm ready. And she walked me around the back of him so I didn't have to look at him. And I got up and read my victim impact statement. Did you, f- did you feel a, a, a little bit of relief, Simone, in getting oh, to read that yesterday? A hundred percent. I didn't realise. The only way I can describe, it was like I had a chain around my neck with this trial. I just wanted it over. And it was like yesterday, it was just cut free. It's like and there was another part of the, the judge said as well that he cannot, when he is released from prison, he cannot approach me or the other witness indefinitely or he will do the rest of the time. So I feel safe again. Do you? God. I was going to ask you that, Simone. Do you feel a little bit of relief, a, a little safer... Do you, will you sleep better at night? Well, I slept last night. Did you? I sleep by yeah. nine o'clock. Yeah. I can't imagine how exhausted, Simone, you must be from reliving all of this. Oh, God, it's it's horrendous. See, as I said, you see, I don't want to be. I'm a survivor. I'm not a victim. Mm. I don't want people going, oh, that poor girl, look at that poor girl. I'm alive. I'm here to tell the tale, like. Were you surprised by the support that you received after speaking out, Simone? Oh, my God. It, it's, um, yes, it's overwhelming. Even last night, I had so many women on Facebook sending messages saying, Simone, we went through something similar to you. Now, it's bad, but something similar. We hadn't got the courage to go to court. And I was like, Wow. You know, I'm after helping so many people. Mm. It was beautiful. It gave me a lovely kind of fuzzy feeling. It was lovely. You're a real inspiration. Yeah, the amount of women that have reached out to me. I I had a pain in my fingers from messaging them all of them back last night. Yeah. 
what would you say, Simone, to, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of people this afternoon that might be listening to you and find themselves in a situation, a controlling situation. And like, as you said, maybe, maybe not, you know, with a partner or in a relationship, but, but with a friend or somebody they know. Like, I would have taught myself, and this is how, you know, it's always somebody's husband or boyfriend or wife or girlfriend. He was just a platonic friend. I didn't realise he started changing the password of my phone. I didn't know anything about coercive control until I went to cool mine. He started changing the password on my phone. He st- a lot of my friends are men, boys, like, and he started blocking their numbers, and they'd call up someone, why'd you block us? I was like, I don't even know how to block you. Why would I block you? You're my friends. Then it was gone, said he was answering the door for me, and he was leaving in. You know, if I was asleep, he'd answer the door. But he was a friend. He, I didn't know. So, God, if anyone comes across anything, anything like this, where somebody's making you feel any bit scared, because I was, I was like, why is he blocking my friend's numbers? I just didn't have the confidence or the voice to ask questions and say to somebody, as I said to another radio station, if you have to say to a bus conductor, somebody in the news agents, somebody in the post office, mm-hmm. it's not right. Nobody has that, I can have that control of you, whether they be friend, anyone, everyone has their own right to be their own person. I think it's it's really encouraging, Simone, for people to, you know, to to see what you did and to hear how you, you know, you've 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 gone through the courts and the trial. And, and you know, I think it's really encouraging for for people when they hear you talking about what can coercive control is, you know, to 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 speak out and to speak up. Yeah, I, I had never when I was in hospital, when I was in the Barnes unit getting skin grafts done. All I could do was journal. I had nobody to talk to over the COVID. I couldn't speak to a crisis nurse. Couldn't speak to anyone. So I started writing down things. You know, trying to make sense of things myself. And I was like, yeah, he was, he was changing. He changed my password three or four times. Didn't copies. And blocking numbers. Why would he block numbers? He'd nothing got to do with me. You know, then was, I was going to stage before I knew it. He was letting, he was deciding who could come, come into my home. My home. And there's so many women going through it. I know because the amount of messages I'm after getting. Nobody deserves that. Nobody on earth. Look, I'm lucky to be alive. The next woman mightn't be lucky. I didn't think for two seconds he was going to do all that to me. What would you say to to other people, men or women, Simone, that, that are going through something similar to what you went through? Please just say to somebody, say to a family member, like I said, say to somebody, even in, somebody that you know in the shop, in the post office, just to say to somebody so somebody knows. Because like I said, I didn't think for a million years. He wasn't going, he only stopped the attack when he thought I was dead. He buried me under a load of furniture. He thought I was dead. By the luck of God, I heard the fire alarm. I woke up and I ran for my life. Having gone through Simone, everything you've gone through, and I, I, I was listening and and, re- and reading to reading some of the um, some of your, you know, some some of the the, the statements that 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 you know you you made about this, and it really struck me 
how difficult this must have been for you, despite everything you went through. But you'd just previously gone through an awful loss just before this happened as well. With my dad's time? Yeah. Yes. He knew all of that. Like, I hadn't slept in the bedroom since my dad died. I couldn't. And he often came out to the sitting room and I'd be looking through the phone, drawing pictures of my dad. And I'd be worn, crying in bits, and he'd just look at me. So he knew, he knew I was vulnerable. I was losing my dad. I was all over the place. I'm sure he'd be very proud of your, your strength. I know, I know he is. Having gone... I know, I know my parents kept me alive. I know it was them. Having gone through Simone, the courts um, and the trial and, and hearing the, the sentencing that was handed down yesterday, do, do you feel that you can start off new again, you know, just even in, in trusting people again? Um, <clears throat> it's going to take time, obviously. Yeah. But, like, I trust my family. I trust all the staff in Cool Mine. I've made great friends in Cool Mine that only want the best for me. And in time, I want to do courses on helping people that go that are going through something like me. Because I would have given anything. When I had to go up and down to stop and get in bail, I would have given anything to have a woman in the car. And they were saying, Simone, I went through something similar to this. You're going to feel this way. You're going to feel that way. But you'll be okay. I would have given mm-hmm. anything to have that type of person. So hopefully in time I can help yeah. people myself. Well, I think you've you've really helped people in the last few days, Simone, in, in just speaking out and just your, your encouraging words to people that are going through something similar to know that support is there and help is there. And I, I, I think that, I think you've you've done a great, great service in in just giving people encouragement that they can, you know, speak out and and speak to people and raise awareness. Yeah. Just how how are you doing finally? Are you, you know, in, in terms of your, your injuries, are you are you okay day to day? Um yeah, well I'll be honest now, excuse me, it took me it took me about a year over the burns on my back. It did take me about a year to actually be able to walk perfectly straight again, you know. Have good posture in that. Um I still had to post my stress disorder. That's, that's never going to go, unfortunately, but I can deal with it better now. And the counselling, I don't know how I would have coped without the counselling. So if there is anybody going through something similar, mm. go to counselling. It's confidential. At least you can speak to somebody there and you know nobody's going to know. Simone, I want to thank you very much for sharing your story with us today here on, on the programme. Um Mind yourself and, and thank, thank you, you so for much. thank you for joining us. Okay, thank you. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.